When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, time for another Penn State Blitz podcast. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Greg Pickle. We cover Penn State, obviously, for Penn Live. We're just going to talk generally about our thoughts about where college football stands with regard to an on-time start or any kind of start at all. We have some recruiting news for Penn State involving a talented player from Michigan. Greg and I will share our thoughts on a recent James Franklin interview. I believe he was on the Ross Tucker podcast. He talked about his thoughts on what's going on in college football. And then we're going to close with the Penn State mailbag. Okay, Greg, as always, we're talking about a lot of uncertain things with regard to Penn State and the 2020 football season. Will we have one? When will we have one? Is it going to be in 2021? Since we last talked, has anything have you have you changed your opinion on anything with regard to maybe where Penn State stands with regard to playing college football this year? Yeah, you know, Bob, obviously the national tone has really gone in the wrong direction since I think even you and I last talked. I mean, I believe last week's episode we kind of hinted at the fact that some were getting a little bit leery about whether or not a fall season would be played. And I think those calls have only grown over the last week with some places like Maryland shutting down because of too many positive tests. We're recording before Penn State releases its latest testing update. So you have to check PennLive.com slash Penn State football for that info if and when it becomes available from Penn State. But, yeah, I mean, I think that right now there's just so many obstacles and so many challenges in place. And I don't know about you. and uh, Maybe we can get to it in the mailbag or maybe let's just get to it right now. But I think the Big Ten made the best decision it could by moving to conference games only because right. that now at least takes out the worry about having to match other conferences or argue with them about testing and this, that and the other thing. At least now the 14 Big Ten schools can try and come together and make their own decisions. And not only that, but it gives you three more weeks on the schedule to work around any postponements or things like that that could come up so I think that they made the right call still don't know if it's going to be enough to get a season in but you know we're heading towards the end of July here start of August we've heard July 31st being bantered around as a date that uh you know could be important we've heard August 1st we've heard August 7th when of course camp is supposed to start so I don't know Bob I think at some point here someone has to step up and make a decision about this but they want to wait as long as they possibly can because how much money is at stake so that's always going to play a role as well. We'll see. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, and let's just real quick before we move on to some recruiting news, let's just talk about you know one of the reasons for the delay that I think Penn State fans might not realize is you know P- Penn State's 2020 non-conference schedule as it was originally put out there, that's not going to be the schedule that Penn State sees. I'm skeptical that I don't even know if there's going to be any Penn State games on the schedule against Big Ten West teams. I floated an idea to Dave Jones. I don't know. He wasn't really receptive to it. But, Greg, what are your thoughts on a Big Ten Penn State schedule? It could possibly be home-and-home games against just teams in the Big Ten East to limit travel. A lot of those games, I don't know that they would have to fly to. I think flying is a real concern. But is there a possibility in your mind you could see them play more 
a Big Ten team more than once in 2020 on a shortened version. Yeah, I'm trying to think how many phone calls James Franklin would make to Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren if he could guarantee home and home with those Rutgers and Maryland. I think that uh, that would uh, be something. Ohio State. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be uh, yeah. Ohio State and Michigan would obviously be uh, not as ideal for home and homes, but um, I, I still think Rutgers and Maryland home and homes. I get you four wins no matter what. So yeah, I, I could see that as a possibility. You know, one thing that hasn't really been discussed by the Big Ten is where they stand on travel. And you know, I think it was somewhat telling. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but you know, Penn State could have just deleted the three non-conference games from its schedule on the team's official website. Instead, Bob, it took the entire schedule down, which just makes you wonder if something, even if it's not what you're suggesting, which is certainly plausible, I think, even if Dave doesn't. But if some kind of schedule change is certainly coming, I would think, to try and regionalize those games as best as possible. And, you know, one other question I had, Bob, is that some states are asking people that go to a certain state that could be considered a coronavirus hotspot to quarantine. So would Penn State players have to do that if they went to one of those states? I mean, that's another problem i think that could come up now i don't know how many big 10 states are on that list at the moment but it stands to reason that you know states continue to be added so it's a mess that's just another complication that this whole thing is going to face one more thought bob because i can't wrap my head around it i'm hoping maybe you can tell me but there's been a lot of talk about well maybe they'll push the start of the season back to late september to give more time Uh, to me once you want to start as soon as you possibly could and try and get as many games in as you can before this possible second wave comes. You know, with the idea of taking kids back to virtual learning after Thanksgiving, which is what Penn State's plan currently is, and other universities around the country have echoed that they will do that as well. It seems a little quizzical to me to back things up until the end of September to start the season. I think you'd rather start September 5th or even August 24th, which probably isn't possible at this point. But uh, September 5th, I think, is when you want to start those conference games and try and get as many of them in as you can. Yeah, you might be right. I think you'll know. I think we're going to know by the end of July if that's possible. I, I think they're, I think you'll see a, a little bit of a pushback. I, I don't know why, but they, they, there's gonna, they must have a good reason in mind. But you, they haven't really – if they're not starting camp by the first week in August, they're not going to play. They can't play in. Uh, September 5th in terms of practices and stuff like that I know I think that the team is now back together but I just don't know what phase of back together that means and I still think there's just too much stuff that needs to be figured out I think for them to start on September 5th I hope I'm wrong Greg let's move to some recruiting news if I said the name I hope it I hope I have this right Jamar Budin I believe he's a Michigan player four-star player and he is he is as he's set to announce and I believe he's definitely on Penn State's radar yeah, I left out the eye on our little show rundown, but Jamari Budin, uh, the four-star linebacker out of Michigan. Obviously, Penn State's recruited that state very well with Kobe and Kalen King, linebacker and corner twin brothers, respectively, and also Jalen Reed, the four-star safety out of Michigan. So this could be their latest win there, and all signs point to a win occurring for James Franklin's program. They've had a commitment since Lonnie White Jr., the Malvern Prep kid, committed back in May. It's been a little bit slow, and we've had probably more Uh, I would say negative uh, recruiting conversations about Penn State between now and then, but they seem to be in position to get a win for the first time in some time. Budin's the kind of player who Brent Pry really likes to recruit, an outside linebacker who has speed, has size. He's going to have to refine his game a little bit. There's no question about that. I don't think he's a ready-made contributor in the way that a Micah Parsons or a Brandon Smith was, but I don't think he's too far off either. So I could see him as a kind of guy who takes that Lance Dixon path, Bob, where he might play a little bit his first year on campus, but not burn his red shirt, get some extra time in strength and conditioning, 
and be ready to go as a redshirt freshman, which it appears Lance Dixon is as well. So should be some good news coming there. I don't expect a whole lot more to happen on the recruiting front throughout the month of July. I think so many kids, Bob, are waiting. We talk about the impacts of everything at the college level. Let's not forget the high school level as well. A lot of kids want to make their decision in normal years before you know their senior season starts because they want to focus solely on that. Well, a lot of them don't know if they're going to have a senior season, if they're going to be able to take visits this fall, if you know they're going to get to December in the first signing period, and you know have been without a chance to see coaches in person since March. So a lot of stuff to figure out here. I would expect we're going to see a big slowdown in July and August, uh, not just because camps presumably and hopefully will be starting, but also because kids who want to make visits before they decide still don't know if they're going to be able to in the fall. Okay, halfway through the Penn State Blitz podcast, Greg. Tell the listeners any way they're they're consuming this podcast and Penn State Blitz video. Tell them how they can subscribe, rate, review, love, or just strongly like this podcast and this Penn State Blitz video. Yeah, no doubt, Bob. So it is the Penn Live Penn State Blitz podcast or video, depending on how you prefer to consume it. If you're listening to the audio version, remember this comes out mostly every Thursday morning. Sometimes we push it back because of breaking news and some other things that are going on. But this week's edition will be out either late Wednesday if you subscribe or first thing Thursday morning. So don't forget to sign up, like, rate, subscribe. You can do that on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you would like to hear us talk about. And if you're watching the Penn State Blitz video, obviously Bob and I are continuing to do it remotely, but you can find this blitz, past blitzes, and video from Beaver Stadium and elsewhere around the Big Ten, if you're so inclined, at youtube.com slash State. Our good friend Ross Tucker, former NFL player, has a podcast. He recently chatted with James Franklin about his thoughts on what's going on with Penn State football and the possibility of uh, when Penn State football may resume. What did you learn from James Franklin's chat with Ross Tucker? Yeah, I guess two things really jumped out to me, and we'll see what jumped out to you. But uh, the first one being that James is like the rest of us, where some days he feels confident that college football can be played in the fall and start on time, and some days he doesn't. I think you, me, and probably most, if not all of you listening, feel a, a similar way. So that was uh, not a surprise, I guess, but interesting to hear him admit it. And then the other thing, Bob, you mentioned how practices are working in the workouts. So they can have up to two hours, uh, to eight hours a week of strength conditioning and film review. I believe only two of those hours, though, are for film review. But the coaches and players can be together again. Now, how Penn State's doing that, I, I can't really uh, say because we didn't get a whole lot of information on that. But what James did say, Bob, is that there have roommates working out together, not by position group, but by roommates. Uh, it's six. It's up to 16 kids at a time. So I, I would imagine it's four rooms of four is what their groups are at this point. Uh, some work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Others are Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturday. Nobody can go into the last building. They have to get temperature checks and fill out a questionnaire to get into a Haluba Hall where the team is currently uh, stationed. Only the coaches are in last right now. And uh, James even said that the coaches are meeting in uh, the auditorium, the team auditorium, to be able to socially distance and stay away from each other. And, Bob, I guess this comes as no surprise, but it was interesting, too, to hear him say that when they can practice again, it won't be a full team practice. They'll have the ones and the threes together and the twos and the fours. And that way, if there is a mass quarantine needed or a whole position group needs to quarantine, uh, your second teamers would be away from your first teamers and your third teamers would be away from your fourth teamers, which uh, obviously makes a lot of sense. But again, you know, it's interesting to hear him 
uh, lay all of this out as we get closer to the uh, hopeful start of training camp. Yeah, my one takeaway kind of echoes what you said. He just he's he, you're, we're asking him questions. He just doesn't know the, the right answer to just because of, of the uncertainty about the virus. And you just don't know what's going to happen one day to the next moving forward. They're doing their best. I mean, just listening to what what he had to say and the way you recounted it, it's it just doesn't sound very fun. I, I hate to say it. I know they love playing football, but it's just such extreme measures. And the way you just described it now makes me think there's almost no way they're going to start on September 5th. There's just too many things that just just getting the team together and getting them ready and getting them on the same page to, to be able to do that in about six weeks. I, I don't know how they're going to do that. And when they do restart, it, it, sure, it sure sounds like it's going to be a little messy. And not even talking about the testing or the physical part, but the mental part. W- what a challenge. Uh, I appreciate the fact they're trying to do it. But uh, I just wonder about the player's sanity at some point because it just sounds pretty crazy. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, there'll be better news. But it just sounds like it's just very jumbled at the start. Greg, before we conclude this Penn State Blitz podcast, we have to get to our favorite segment, the Penn State Mailbag. What do you have? Looking at just sort of the summer here as we move toward, you know, the start of work through July 24, workouts will begin on August 7th. We've heard from a couple of different players over the last few weeks talking about a variety of different things. One guy who was interesting to me was Zach Kuntz, and he said that he feels like uh, Kirk Chiraka has gotten to a point where the offense is in good a shape as it can be until they're allowed to get together again and start building the muscle memory and the on-field coaching and everything else. Just knowing what you know about how these off-season meetings tend to go and everything else, are you inclined to believe that it's that far along, or do you think that maybe there's more work to be done than what might meet the eye? I think there's more work to be done. They they didn't have spring, Greg. They haven't hit anyone. They haven't. A lot of these guys haven't played any meaningful football. Talk you talk about the guys who played were either redshirted or who didn't play at all or were third team. Uh, it's a tough hill to climb. It's one thing to be kind of on top of things mentally, but to, to the, the physical repetitions and just the hitting to get into hitting shape, you know, there's going to be some injuries if they do have football. I just think, man, they have a long way to go. And it's not just Penn state. It's every other program, but I just think that that's the optimistic view. And I, I think that there's a lot more to college football than just mastering or feeling good about the mental part. They haven't had any practice reps in the spring. I, I just think that it, the workload that's going to be necessary for Penn to see the best version of Penn State football is, is still it's still significant. And I don't think they can feel good about it all they want. I, I think they're going to need two or three weeks of, of actual on-field instruction to get anywhere close to being ready for the season. Let me throw a different potential scenario at you, and that would be to play – five or six games this fall and five or six games next spring. And that would maybe ease the concerns people have about playing a season in the spring and then a season again next fall. Doable, not doable, dumb idea, okay idea. Where are you at on that? A lot of obstacles to that, a restart. First and foremost, your team won't look the same, I think, Greg, if you do that. I think the draft-eligible players that are really good are going to opt out of the second half of that. And you won't really have a representative showing of your team. It could look completely different if you play in the fall and the spring. And that's just that's just from a visual perspective. I think that they really want to get, even if it's an eight-game season, to get this done sometime in the fall, hopefully. that That's the best version of it. I think the second option would be just to go completely into spring. That might make more sense than a pause. I, I think that what they want to do, Greg, is they want to at least build a couple of extra weeks in during the fall, if there is an outbreak, to try and get it done in the fall. I don't think it's crazy, but I think it's 
If it's not a last resort, as Sandy Barber likes to say, I think it's very close. I think it's more practical to see a complete move to the spring maybe than a start, a long pause, and then a restart. Because then you almost have to start over. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, last resort was the word Sandy used, what, two weeks ago now? And I think that uh, it's probably moved a few pegs up the uh, list of possibilities since then. Bob, any other final questions before we wrap up? No, I think that's I think that's good. I think we're going to have a lot more to talk about next week. Uh, we're going to learn uh, as we wrap this up about how Penn State tested. Where I think there's definitely going to be every day there's going to be some new news. And I think we're going to have more to talk about on the recruiting front and regard and also to regard to a, a season restart the next time we convene Greg Pickle. I can't wait to talk to you. Let's hope for some good news. Though. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of the Penn State Blitz. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Leave your feedback. And remember, if you subscribe, you'll get the podcast a day early. Otherwise, it's on Penn Live every Thursday. We'll see you next week.